This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Okay, hello and welcome to the final uh, Cannes Special Blueprint Review Podcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, it's the Monday after the festival. I think you start every single um, Cannes yeah. podcast with uh, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. No, it's not with whatever you want to call it, well, <laughs> we've clearly called it the Cannes Podcast Special. As long as we've got <laughs> Blueprint and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you feel sad, Dave? Uh, back? A little bit. I'm kind of looking forward to getting home and stuff, although um, we won't get home until Tuesday because we're setting off a bit late. Um, yeah, and it's obviously the festival ended yesterday. They announced all the winners. Uh, Blue is the warmest colour, or the life of Adele is the, beat Adele. the main winner. Yeah, that was uh, which we talked about last time. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, well, not my. We were there at the World Gala premiere, Dave, in the orchestra seats next to fucking all the filmmakers. When it wins the Oscar, no chance. Yeah, right. it'll be like another class, never to be heard of again. In fucking ponsters, whatever they call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was a good film, but I don't think it deserved to win. But but anyway, and also there was uh, the sort of runner-up, I guess, was Inside the World of Davis, which we'll talk about in a minute. And best actress, Berenice Bayo from the past. Yeah. Which was no, I can't argue that she was amazing. Cool. Uh, best actor, best Bruce, actor Stern. Bruce Stern. Yeah. Chatted about him. We did say he was the best thing in it by a mile. Yeah, he, is the, he was the best thing in yeah. Nebraska. Um, Don't think so. he deserves to win, but nah. you know, if that was going to win anything, that's yeah. all it could. He was good. I, I was, I was happy with that. You know, and um, yeah, script. Uh, and there was also yes, yeah, script was a touch of sin, which we'll chat about later. And the Grand Prix de Jury was um, like Father, like Son, which Darren talked about in the first. Yeah, podcast. very first one of the first first. Competi- oh no, hell he was. But one of the first competition films I saw. Um, yeah, so prizes. And actually on Saturday, our last podcast on Saturday, we said we were going to watch the winner of Uncertain Regard. That didn't happen. And bizarrely, like we went we went to see the awards being given out for Uncertain Regard and they didn't um, they didn't uh, actually show the film afterwards. They used to always do when, when we've been in the past, but they didn't. So yeah, we didn't watch anything else on Saturday, which is a bit gutting. Yeah, we just went and watched an award ceremony for an hour or so. Brilliant. Oh, what, what one in certain regard? I've forgotten the name of the film. Oh, I can't remember. I know Omar it's the came one, second. Yeah, but. Omar came second. Oh, yeah, there are a few different awards. Um, but yeah, it was the one with a little a film made documentary little in it. models. It's a documentary with Claire Models. Yeah, well, I, don't, I guess you, I don't know if you, yeah, I guess documentary. Um, but yeah, all, all made with little Claire Models. Uh, yeah, and there's some other loads of awards given out. But anyway. But we've got about an hour before we have to go get yeah, our train. Yeah, through. So, uh, what we did do on Sunday, though, we blitzed it. I watched five films, uh, down you watched four. We, we tried to watch yeah. a sixth, but um, it didn't happen. It was full. But it's on at the Dirty Pedos, so out of all of them, that's probably yeah, one. Although, it would have been better than a couple of what we saw. Yeah. Um, last year, everyone's saying that this year has been a lot stronger than last year. It's a weird one. I feel as if this year has been a bit more consistent but it didn't reach the highs of last year. Mm. But then I, just, then I was just thinking, well, last year it was kind of awful until the very final day. Yeah. And I saw more, and then The Hunt, which is my sort of one-two, The yeah. Hunt being number one. I also saw The Paperboy. But, you know, forget that. But actually, it's the last day. You know, it's a pretty terrible festival. Lots of really dull films. Um, 
I think last year, what was surprised, I think what made last year feel worse is on paper, it looked like the best can in years. Like the directors that were involved and stuff were amazing. It looked like a brilliant lineup, but most of them just didn't deliver, and it was just a, a bit of a, a bit, a bit of shit, really. But a similar thing happened this year, where it wasn't until the final day, where in my opinion, the best from a can yeah. was but, played. Yeah, although, yeah. Although at the same time, I think um, it's been like, sort of a lot of decent films um, earlier on, but nothing like great. Yeah. Although to be fair, actually the best films I've seen before yesterday were Uncertain Garden. Films. Yeah, that was supposed to be my segue into the first oh, film okay, I saw today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Inside Llewellyn Davis, Coen Brothers, textbook, what's it about? What's it about? Sorry, um, yeah, it's about Llewellyn Davis, <laughs> surprisingly enough, uh, who is a folk singer. Um in New York, uh, just sort of playing in these little bars and things like that. Uh, but he's sort of, he's hit a bit of a brick wall, really, and uh, he isn't getting anywhere, his career's not getting anywhere. Uh, he's having problems with his, his sort of, his, uh, his friend's wife, uh, who's sort of an old friend of his, uh, he's got her pregnant, uh, but she's still with another guy, and she's not interested in having anything to do with Llewellyn. Um, and he's basically, his life's pretty <laughs> fucked up, really. Uh, yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. There's not a lot of story to it, to be honest. I mean, there's more you could say, but I don't want to just give put the more events rather yeah. than a story. Yeah, yeah. So, Cain Brothers. Uh, yeah, best film of the festival for me, and I think for you as well. Yeah. Uh, it was brilliant. It's just what the Cain Brothers do best. I think, as we said, it's quite slight on story. Um, uh, which um, actually I was going to say, which is unlike the Cain Brothers, but a couple of films are a bit like that. Uh, like Barton Fink, there's not a huge amount of story in there. Uh, but what it makes up for that is, as usual with the Coens, the characters are so strong. And not just like the main characters, but there's loads of really quirky, sort of <coughs> funny and interesting, sort of a well, sort of, well, not always well developed, but more in, really interesting, funny sort of characters on the sidelines. Um, although here, I think the actual main character was, was quite strong. He was, he was, he was, um, it's a funny one. I think we disagree a bit on this before because we met someone before we saw this uh, in the you know on the queue saying that um, she, she thought she thought the film was okay, but she hated the lead character. And I can sort of see where she's coming from. He's a bit of a knob sometimes, um, but at the same time, I could couldn't. I was still very much caught up in what was happening to him, and I did sort of care about him, even if I thought occasionally he was a bit of a dick. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. It's, it, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's just, it's very funny, very entertaining. It's also quite sort of touching as well. Um, I think sometimes the Kane brothers can be accused of being just sort of purely about making these quirky sort of worlds and not really imbuing it with any sort of warmth or sort of heart. But um, I felt this sort of, this sort of did that there this time. Um, it looks gorgeous as well. There's a lot of talk. I can remember when the first trailer came out of the talk that... Um, his uh, the cinematographer has changed. He used to, or, or for the years and years and years they've worked with um, Deakins. Roger Deakins, and this is the first time they changed. I guess Roger Deakins was busy with Bond or whatever, uh, but it still looks beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Some really gorgeous sort of visuals in there. Quite like the sound design as well. There's some nice sort of sound mm. design going on, uh, and a lot of music. Obviously, it's set in the folk scene. There's a lot of songs that are just played played out completely and just performed. Uh, almost like a musical yeah almost like there's a lot of music in there and it's beautiful music uh, uh, sort of well performed the, the Llewellyn Davis songs are strong and the uh, but there's a lot of other characters sort of deliver uh, sort of songs if sort of old school folk is your thing then uh, then it's uh, good on that front 
but yeah, I don't know. It's just it just it just worked. It just everything about it. it was just pretty great. I mean, there's a few little issues, a few little uh, plot points and things that were a little, uh, a few little gags that are a bit obvious, and a few sort of signposted uh, aspects of the story. But generally, it's just that'd be really you know, nitpicky. Wouldn't it? I mean, there, there, yeah. there were a couple of things that I did think. Including the very final, final scene, where I just thought, oh, what? Get rid of that. Get rid of that before you release it. Um, but but that is nitpicking on the whole. Like, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it's pretty directionless, I found. Like, yeah. there's no, you know, like you say, there's no plot. There isn't, there's no... Re- he does, does have a desire. He does have a yeah. dream. But it doesn't really dictate the sort yeah, of journey that much. Yeah, a bit of a circle. Yeah, bit, which yeah. is sort of, which is, you know, and, and, and in a way, it's sort of... Because sometimes I get hung up on plot a lot of the time. You know, I always I complain about things not having a story. There's no drama there. There's no sort of conflict or and, and it, it usually it, and it makes me think. I, I love plot, maybe not too much. I don't think you can. You love what you love, yeah. but sometimes and I think you know I'm all about plot. But then when I watch films like this, I think no, I'm not actually. If you can create interesting yeah. enough characters in an yeah. interesting enough world, I'm not as bothered about it. I think there's enough drama in within each scene. I think as yeah, well to sort exactly. of make it work. And. Um, but yeah, in, in, in a way, what we were chatting about, sort of Nebraska, I mean, Alexander Payne could only dream having such a sort of consistent sort of performance style. Um, it's, it's brilliant. That's, we, I think we mentioned the Coen brothers when we were chatting about yeah, that, we saying did. that they can have, they have, they do have the sort of, some of the sort of quirkiest, sort of most sort of bold characters in mm. their films, but they all pretty much, no, do they always work? I can't remember. They, they, they I can't remember always work. They don't work, really. And in this as well, you know, the, the it's such a skill that they've got. Mm. And I don't know if it's the kind of casting or probably a combination of everything, yeah. but and the writing in particular yeah. is yeah. a big factor. I mean, the scripts are obviously always strong. Mm. And um, it's just brilliant. It's just funny. It's, you know, and especially for Cannes, mm. you know what I mean? It's just exactly yeah, the when kind you're of tonic you need. three yeah. hours of lesbians and stuff like that, it's like, <laughs> it's nice to have a, yeah, nice to have something a bit lighter and entertaining as well. I know, but I loved it. It's one of those that, you know, you kind of want to buy the soundtrack. You yeah. know, you want to, and it is just, yeah, just, I absolutely loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. And I can't wait to watch it again, to be honest. Cool. Um, after that, we watched... A Touch of Sin. A Touch of Sin, which... Is Zhang... Oh, I can never remember his name. In Zhang's last name. Yang. Uh... Yeah, Yang K. Is K uh, yeah, anyway. Whatever. Yeah, Yang K. I think that's it. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, though. But, uh, yeah, who he's done... Um, he did... Well, he did 24 City, which you saw a couple of few times ago, which was awful. Probably the, the most boring yeah. film I've ever seen. But his first couple of films I've seen that are actually... They're, well, they're good, but they never blow me away. They're always a little too long, a little too slow, and didn't quite have enough there. But, um, but yeah, he did, like, pickpocket. Uh, his most famous film is probably Platform, and then... Um, uh, Unknown Pleasures. And, uh, yeah, his films are generally about the sort of... Very political, sort of social commentary um, about China and stuff. They're usually quite sort of subtle character sort of dramas. Although Twenty Four City was a little different. He's made some films in between those as well that I've not, I've not actually seen to be honest. But I, I know that generally he's very political, very socially conscious. He's like the Chinese Ken Loach, really. Um, except this one. Except this one. Well, well, no, you say that. But yeah, basically, uh, A Touch of Sin is um, is it's basically it's basically like four stories in one that sort of intertwined in this world um, about people uh, in Ch- about people living in China who generally, I mean there's a second story that's a little different maybe but generally it's about people who've sort of uh, been a bit downtrodden in life, a bit fucked over a lot of the time by sort of 
people of the higher sort of class or the government and things like that. And it's about them sort of snapping and and basically each story ends in it's it's not really a spoiler because you'll get the you get the idea as it goes along is that each story sort of ends with a death, um, some sort of killing or a death. Um, yeah, so it's it's an unusual film. It's it's sort of like at times it's like some sort of actiony thriller, at least especially the first story and the, and the second one. Sorry, yeah, the second one as well, definitely. Um, but it's also like I say with these films, it's got this sort of social commentary, really obvious on the surface, and um, and it's done it and it's it's sort of shot on location and stuff like that in sort of rougher sort of slummy sort of areas for a lot of the time um and just out on the streets and sitting in these sort of like brothel it's fancy brothels and stuff like this um so it's weird it's like watching ken loach make some sort of uh thriller uh, but at the same time the second two stories are less sort of thriller based i mean the, the third one does have some sort it ends of with really it. over the top yeah. sort of violence and stuff in there but um and the fourth one doesn't doesn't so much, uh, and it's an unusual film. I liked it quite a lot. It's um, it, it was one of my favourites. Not as good as Well and Davis, but it, it was up there for the competition films for me. Um, I really did quite enjoy it. It's because it, it, it's mainly because it's quite unusual, and it sort of uses this sort of. It's got all this sort of social commentary, but as I say, it it t- also takes inspiration from. At least you can see from it. It makes little references to it on TV screens and things. It's obviously inspired by action cinema from Asia as well, especially from Hong Kong. You can, um, it, it's especially like the third story, it's, it turns into, almost turns into like a Kung Fu film or something at the end. Um, and uh, and throughout, like there's these, every character ends up having some sort of animal alter ego, some animal sort of name. Um, like there's a tiger and there's like a snake and a, a little bird and stuff like this. And obviously that's a, that's a link to the sort of... Uh, the uh, Shaw Brothers sort of martial arts movies and stuff like that. So it, I, d- I really like that sort of unusual mix. It's not perfect. Um, it, as we keep saying it can, it's too fucking long. What, what is wrong with these filmmakers? Uh, it is too long and it, 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 it kind of it kind of drags a bit. Uh, but for me, there was enough there, enough sort of originality, enough sort of, uh, enough sort of interest, enough, enough sort of entertainment. Because I find a lot of his films... They're interesting, but they get a bit dull. This didn't get as as dull as some of his others. Like Platform, I thought it was an amazing film, but it goes on for like three hours, and I just lost interest by the last sort of hour. Uh, whereas this, still pretty long. It's like two hours and twenty minutes, but it um, or two and a quarter or something. But it it gets away with it with its because it's split into four and because it's got a bit of violence and stuff in there. It's uh, I I quite enjoyed it. Mm. Sorry, to drink and see. Um, yeah, I mean. I fell asleep for about 10-15 minutes, I'm not going to lie. I've been, there, I mean, I've been here for two you weeks. You didn't miss a lot. Yeah, exactly, yeah, didn't miss a lot, um, which says a lot about the film. Um, but but I say that, it is fun, I enjoyed it. Um, it's a bit silly in places. It is a real weird mix of styles, yeah. isn't it, in tones. Like, sometimes it really is, you know, it is very political. Like the first story is incredibly political, mm. but it turns into this sort of falling down extreme. Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, I mean... So it's yeah, so it's fun. It's you know, I kind of enjoyed the sort of social aspect. I suppose I've probably enjoyed the the sort of violence more. Not that that's what I'm into yeah. necessarily, but I, in all honesty, that's what I, I really enjoyed from it because it's really fun. Um, I, I wish it was connected a bit more. The kind of yeah. four stories that they were really tenuously linked. Yeah, there, there was a nice the, yeah, and especially like the last two. There wasn't much of a link to the yeah. last two, but they had a few nice 
Well, the first, yeah, the, the, the first two was a bit weird. It's like it linked them at the start of the first story, yeah. and then at the second story, it just jumped to it. But there's a, there's a nice link, and I think you fell asleep. That's when I fell asleep. There's on, a really yeah. nice link between the second and third story, but then after that, it sort of just. So it's like, what third and fourth, it just jumps to the yeah. fourth story. Yeah, I, I feel as if a bit of me were wanting to see that first story for the whole film. I'd rather yeah. watch a 90 minute version of that. I, I did <laughs> want to go back and see what happened to him because it doesn't get an obvious closure. No. I mean, I imagine, and it was exciting. But yeah, yeah. and it was he was mental. You know what I mean? And it was like that's for me that was the best one. Then probably the third. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you know, it was a bit uneven that as well. And so I don't know how much it added to it it being four separate stories, other than maybe he didn't have they weren't flashed out of two one. I don't know. Maybe there was four films he had, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'll do it as one." I don't know. But I I bet it was like if it was the first one for I don't know how they would have sustained it, but Mm. the first one for ninety minutes, I think I'd I'd be really into that because that kind of level of violence, yeah, it's really shocking, wasn't it? Brutally violent, really shocking. And it's got it got to the stage where it wasn't pulling any punches. That every time there's even a hint, you Mm. kind of thought, "Oh, what are you going to show me now?" If you've got a shotgun to the face. And I said, oh, yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, because the very first one was that shotgun to the face, yeah. and it was proper head on. You saw it just go boom and explode. Yeah. But then they did it later on, didn't he? And I just yeah. thought, oh, don't. And then the camera moved, thankfully, in a way. But um, yeah. it was. And I, and I kind of liked that. I kind of yeah. like that cinema where you're almost afraid of what it's going to yeah, show very you. Sort of visceral. It lost that from the after the yeah, first Yeah, there was none of that afterwards. And, it, and it, you know, it did add other things as well. But I think, uh, but overall, no, it was, it was good fun. Um, whether it was too long or not, I don't know, I fell asleep, so it kind of yeah. broke it up a little bit. Um, but a couple of performance issues as well, especially the... F- yes. Weirdly, the first story was probably the most entertaining, but it's also probably the worst performed. You could... Um, I mean, sometimes with uh, foreign films, it can be difficult to... You can always see, like... Obviously, I mean, acting's more than just delivering lines, but delivering lines, you can't... Oh, it's harder to tell if it's being well-delivered. It's more just... You've just got to go on, like, uh, sort of body language or whatever, um, expression, uh, but you could see on this the the sort of lines seemed a bit stilted and a bit. There's like a bit of pauses between the lines. It felt a little, a little weak. Um, but I, I felt the performance has improved uh, later on. I mean, there's maybe a few other little bullets here and there, but but I did find that first film a little distracting performance wise. Yeah, but overall, pretty. Yeah, it's a good one. It's good. a good one. I don't know if I'll ever want to watch it again necessarily, no. but yeah, it was. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, and then. As you can tell, you know, it started off amazing. Then that was pretty good. And it, this downward spiral, for me, although I think Dave's ended on a yeah, high, <laughs> co- continued with um, Michael Colhas. I mean, last year, it's Mads Mikkelsen's in it. And last year, he was in The Hunt. And he was phenomenal. And The Hunt was my favourite film of the festival. Um, and I thought he could maybe he could repeat the, the feat. Mm. Um, I was kind of looking forward to it because the, the kind of images looked quite strong. And I thought it was some kind of warrior mission. And, and Dave sort of warned me that he wasn't getting great reviews. But... Um, <laughs> yeah. But he, he definitely didn't replicate it. He won the best actor last year, actually. Yeah. Um, so Michael Colhas is about this guy called Michael Colhas, played by Mads Mikkelsen, and God, I can't even remember it. He yeah. He basically gets done over, I suppose, by um, this, a local baron. A local baron who's, um, and he gets his horses taken off him. And the horses then get, you know, they're there as sort of safety because he hasn't got this money to pay a bridge toll. Yeah. Um, to go into this village or this town or whatever you want to call Which it. Which he shouldn't have been charged, the bridge tolls. Yeah, the bridge tolls were legally yeah. stopped, but they were being charged anyway, but he didn't want to fight or he didn't want to get hurt or whatever. So he gives these horses as a deposit, so to speak. And then those horses end up getting used and badly beaten and hurt and injured. And he's got a slave, um, and the slave gets uh, mauled by dogs of the Baron. And this pisses him off. Yeah. And... The, 
He basically wants revenge. He tries taking it to local court, but the Baron's too powerful. The court don't want anything to do with it. And if he threatens again, he's going to be imprisoned. Um, and the whole drive of the story is he wants... He's, he said he's a man of principle and he wants yeah. justice for these horses. What adds to that, although for me not necessarily enough, although it sounds a lot, but it doesn't work within the story, in my opinion, is that his wife ends up, ends up getting... Yeah. Murdered, probably raped. I don't know, um, but she ends up getting murdered, and this adds to the fact that he lost his horses. But ultimately, yeah. he's it keeps he coming back, and it keeps bringing it back up. These horses, oh, you can have your horses, but you know, it's yeah. it's a weird um, through line. But what did I think? Um, it looks nice. It looked great, actually. Mm. The performance, you know, you can't on a technical level, you can't necessarily knock it, but it did feel like a bit like a Sunday TV film, and I don't mean in production quality, but I just mean in terms of what was happening. Yeah. And, and also the locations, it filled a bit like Little House on the Prairie. Mm. It was all... It was going for like a... It was going for like a grim sort of realistic portrayal of that period, I guess. So yeah. Everyone was dirty and everything was rough. Peasants and, like, and yeah. And I, quite, I quite liked it. Yeah, I mean, it did, some of the shots did look nice, but ultimately, my main problem with it was that it's, again, it is incredibly long and, you know, boring and it's slow and everything yeah. takes ages. And ultimately, I... I'm, I don't think there's enough drama in it. No. I don't think the, I don't think the story of him wanting to get these fucking horses back is strong enough for everything that happens. Obviously, the wife yeah, there's adds more to, to it. it. The wife adds a lot to it, and and, and it's I guess it's just him about because as because he, he gets he gets loads of people following him. All these sort of peasants following him because yeah. I think for me I felt it was, especially when everyone started following him, it felt as though it was because everyone is hard done by by these barons and these sort of lords and I, I, that didn't bother me I, I felt there was a reason because really? it felt like everyone everyone was pissed off he was just sort of spurring it along and um, so to be honest for me I mean I the first two thirds of it or at least half of it I really I loved the first half of it I was really getting into it because I liked it quite a lot <laughs> Honestly, honestly I, th- I did like it quite a lot. I think it's because I was expecting it to be, because the reviews I'd read said it was really slow and ponderous. And I didn't find it, I mean, it was a little bit slow-paced, but I didn't find it too sort of ponderous and wanky like some of the other can films. <coughs> I-, I thought, okay, this is a solid sort of revenge sort of... It's almost felt like Braveheart at some point when the peasants started following him. I thought, okay, this is pretty cool. But for me... Very similar to Braveheart. Yeah, but for me, it sort of it started building this sort of big, epic Braveheart. Yeah, they're going to take the barons down. I thought, yeah, fuck, yeah this, fuck me, this is going to be awesome. And then it sort of... It all breaks up in the last sort of 45 minutes or so. And and uh, it all goes a bit flat and it, it changes sort of uh, pace a lot near the end. And as Darren said, it just loses all its drama. And it just kind of totally runs out of steam. And by the end of it, I was... I was just like, no, no, this is this is just dull. It's just not going anywhere. It's just not. But yeah, the first half, I was, I did quite enjoy it. Um, I think the other thing is, is tonally, it sort of, it it never shifts from this sort of really solemn, sort of mega serious sort of tone. And uh, I mean, obviously, t- you don't want to shift it too much, else it'll it'll jar. But at the same time, it, it's everything's always so big and serious. Like, straight from the beginning, he's very angry about these horses and all this, and that tone doesn't really change. I mean, tone of character, I guess, more than tone of film. Uh, it's just... It, it, it's just constant. So by the end, this sort of final sort of... How it all sort of ties up, it just doesn't have any impact because everything's just taken at the same sort of, like, dreary, oh, God, every mega-serious level that the whole rest of the film has been at. So it's just... <laughs> It, there's no big arc or big, big sort of climax of drama. It just sort of 
stumbles down in the last sort of half and just to, into nothing, which is really disappointing because I, I kind of felt like it could have been quite a cool sort of uh, period sort of piece. If it was more about his wife getting mur- murdered and raped, it would have pulled it through a bit more because it was starting off with these horses. Mm. I just could never... Like what? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Even know. somebody says, surely your business can survive without two yeah, horses. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Principle. But oh, yeah. principle isn't enough to drive a story for me. Yeah. I just, so I was like, mm. and um, and also they got to a stage where they were just like banging plot points out after yeah. a scene. It's just weird. I just like a scene with he has to go to the princess to try and bring it back to court, and she agrees. And mm. then the next scene, another character says, no, no, she changed her mind. Yeah. And it was like, huh? Yeah. She had this really long, boring scene where he goes to these graves and the Yeah. And she agrees and he convinces her that she's gonna she's gonna take it to court, it's gonna go to court. It's, uh, next scene, nurse uh, changed her mind. Yeah. And it's like well, it's, it's weird, weird film, weird film. Yeah. Um then this, the my final film of Cannes um ended in style. And by style I mean the worst film of Cannes. <laughs> um I mean this I probably say this quite a lot about films, but it represents everything I hate about cinema and he- everything I hate about film. Um, it is it, Jim Jamush's um, Only Lovers Left Alive, which is a sort of a vampire comedy. Yeah. Starring, comedy in the least sense. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston, Tilda Swinton, Tilda Swinton and a sort of a cameo by John Hurt, which sounds, you know, it kind of sounds... I, yeah, cool I, was, cast. I was kind of excited about it. You know, vampire comedy. Yeah. It's clearly going to be right a bit different. Well, he's, he's yeah. quite good sometimes. Yeah. Um, and what was it? Um, so the basic story is that Tom Hiddleston is a sort of a rock and roll sort of vampire, lives in, lives in this sort of house in the middle of nowhere. Um, Tilda Swinton is living in the Tangier. Um, and, and she's friends with John Hurt's character, who's Kit, who... And they're married, the two. The yes, and Tilda and, um, and Tom Hiddleston's characters. Adam and Eve. Ooh, that's where the groans start and don't end. <laughs> um, so Adam and Eve... Um, yeah, they're married. They're miles apart, and then you sort of. In, I was gonna say, well, there's a story. There isn't a story. Um, no. They end up. She ends up coming to see him again because he's missing him and he loves her. Why they were apart? Hints at suicide and that he's gonna kill himself. Um, and the film just to sort of explores their relationship. Um, Mia Wachowski, what, if that's her name, she she's um, Eva's sister. She comes into it as well. Um, but the whole film, sort of the comedy aspect. I don't know if it's... I don't know, I've never... I, what, what's, I don't think I've G- seen any of his films. Jim, uh, he's done Mystery Trains, one of his famous early ones. And then he's done, like, Down by Law. Uh, he did um, Ghost Dog, Way the Samurai, which I quite like. Um, he did Broken Flowers. You've seen Broken Flowers, I think. Uh, out of... No, not Out of Control. What is it? Beyond... Uh, what is it? The, the limits of control. Yeah, um, uh, he's, yeah. I mean, his films are uh, definitely a sort of a love it, a hate it affair. Anyway, I, I've never been, I've never fan. been a massive fan. Some of them I quite like. I tend to like the ones that go a little against his style. That's why I quite like Ghost Dog, Way the Samurai. It's not quite because he does these sort of very quirky, very cool. He's obsessed with just sort of style and being cool. And his films are often called comedies, but they're never really like, laugh out loud funny. It's more just, ooh, they're a bit cool and a bit different. I felt this was trying to. I mean, I yeah. would not... I would don't think I'd get on with him. We have completely no. different senses of humour. Yeah. I mean, 
the jokes were like um, John Hurt's character. You, re- you know, it's like he wrote all of Shakespeare's plays, and it's like the idea that they're all sort of like he's a writer and he's written loads of famous plays, but given them to other people. Um, Tommy Dozen's character, rock and roll star, and he's written loads of songs and he's given them to other people. Hmm. There's a board of vampires, and there's things like Kafka there and Buster Key. It's just gross. It's it's really stupid. It's like. It's literally the kind of thing that you'd, a 15-year-old would write. There's these vampires and Adam and Eve and they really yeah. wrote shapes. It's just really, really childlike. Mm. And all the humour comes from... And, the, and it's the same jokes over and over again as well. Yeah. And they, like, they call the normal people zombies, which it wasn't funny the first time, but they say it how many times? Yeah. Every time, zombies, oh, the zombies, oh, the zombies. And you can hear chuckles from the audience. You're like, it's not funny. Mm. It's childish. Yeah. And it's... T- and so there's no story. I think the performances are pretty cack as a whole as well. Yeah, they were quite disappointing because the cast is brilliant. Pretty I strong, saw the cast yeah. and thought, this is going to be awesome. But yeah, they're pretty... But I, I, I sort of blame the script, the lines of dialogue. Yeah. I don't know how they read it and thought, I want to do this. Because yeah. I found it painful. It's embarrassing. I, there's a lot, I, I feel this a lot when I watch films. When things are so, so cringeworthily bad, I sort of feel embarrassed. And <laughs> I think it's a bit painful. Yeah. Like, if they were there in the room, you'd be a bit embarrassed for yeah. them. It's weird. I, I was, I was weird. I was a bit, not quite as harsh as you on this film as usual. But um, but for me, it wasn't necessarily that I ever I liked it that much. I, di- I didn't like the film. I, d- I didn't like it very much at all. But it's one of these films where I wanted to like it. I like it in the first sort of half an hour because it's quite it's quite stylish. It looks quite nice, and I quite I, I like. There's quite a lot of the music I liked a lot in the film, and uh, Jim Jarmusch love sort of rock music and all this sort of stuff and cool sort of music and 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 that was used quite nicely I, I just kind of liked the some of the ideas they had I think for me the main thing was the idea of them because they've lived so long uh, they've they become like geniuses and they become masters of their sort of art and their creativity I love the idea so I was wanting to get into the film and I was like yeah the first half an hour 45 minutes maybe I was like yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, it's not too bad. There was a few, there was like these clunky lines and stuff in there. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, but I, I'm, I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to stay with it. But ultimately, it went absolutely nowhere, and you just got, I just got I just got totally bored with it. And they just fucked the concept up. Like Darren was saying, this constant like constant name dropping of famous uh, fucking writers and stuff. Oh, oh, you wrote fucking Shakespeare, you fucking Byron, all this sort of shit. It's just it's as Darren was saying, it just feels like studenty sort of childish teenage sort of uh shit really and there was no there was no story was there no there's no, no stuff happened but there's there no. no story towards the end they tried to think oh shit we need to end the film let's have a little bit of drama it's like they run out of blood it's like well not really run out of blood they just fucking just grab some person and kill them isn't not much to it it's just there's also that this idea of um kind of people being contaminated yeah. it's like shit jokes where it's just like um, by like a musician is like oh don't but he's contaminated he's in the music industry and yeah. it's like these shit jokes about Hollywood yeah. and like, LA they call like well, I can't remember what they call LA and it's just it's so in- zombie central zombie central LA and it's just in the people who it's all loads of fucking film fans and probably loads of people from it and they're like, oh you're LA you're yeah. film you know and it's although interesting oh. talking yeah, for film fans and things no one in the fucking cinema is laughing there's a, a few, few chuckles minor in there, chuckles yeah. here and there uh, but some of them might have just been embarrassed chuckles at how <laughs> stupid it was. But yeah, that was, it was really disappointing. I mean, I'm not, as I said, I'm not a massive Jim Jarmusch fan, but I've seen some of his films that I've quite enjoyed, and I, uh, I all, it's one of those directors where I almost like them. But uh, yeah, Jim Jarmusch fans might love it, but... How? I don't know, some people just like his style, and he's, uh, he's all about the cool, but... 
Yeah. Yeah, not good. But that was my final, so it was like, day started with the best film, and it ended with the worst film. And my final film, we've actually already talked about, um, I saw The Great Beauty. (laughs) Um, And I, to be honest, I'm not really going to say anything, because I I, I totally agree with you guys. I thought it was very very good, I really enjoyed it. Um, It had this, as you guys said, it did go on a little bit, it could have been trimmed to be better. Um, But generally, it worked very well. Uh, I quite what was the, What it. was the best thing about it? What was the worst thing? The best thing about it was probably just the comedy. I did find it insane. I did quite find, find it quite amusing. Um, and I think there was enough of... I know we talked about it last time. It's quite random. I thought there was enough of a sort of anchor there with that the, with the lead character, Jed or whatever, isn't it? No, Jed. It's a really weird name anyway. Um, but the lead character sort of is... Just Jet. Turned, Jet, that's it. He turned 65 and... Uh, and in his sort of old age, he's, he's started to realise all the bullshit around him, and he's and he's sort of given up giving a shit about it. Like I love the scene. I love the scene where he lays into that woman, <laughs> and sort of there's this really pretentious woman that he hangs around with, and he just fucking lays into her. I think that was a lot of what the film was about. Sort of he, he'd sort of given up on it. He, he just didn't give a shit. He just and all the sort of the art installations and things um, that that. that that are taking the piss out of. He's sort of sick of all this pretentious bollocks that he's, he's surrounded by. Um, and I liked that. I just liked that theme of the film. I, I agree with sort of that sort of theme of the film. Um, the least favourite, as I say, I think it did go on a, too long. It's like two and a half hours long. Uh, as, and for, for a film that's quite free-rolling and a bit random, it, it, it doesn't shouldn't be that long, really. Um but yeah, other than that, I thought it was great. It was a good film to end on. I, I enjoyed it. It's one of the better competition films, definitely. And do you know what I like about it and what I didn't like about sort of like Nebraska I and mean, even Only Lovers After Life is that the comedy is just play... It's, that's, so that's the comedy I like. Like the art installations, they're yeah. funny. Yeah. But they're not outlandish. They're sort of believable that yeah. they would happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's, for me, that is the best comedy. That kind of, where it's like so close mm. to being reality, but it's laughable because yeah. it's so truthful. That's why it's funny. Mm. And I feel as if, you know, like, like you said, you know, if Only Lovers Left Alive, if Jim Jamouche did it, the, the art installations would be really bad. Yeah. And it's almost, actually, some we debated with the Luan and Davis film, and it was on about like, we sort of had a bit of mini debate about him being a loser. And yeah. It, like and I was saying, I, he's brilliant at what he does. He, he's not successful, no. but so it's that line, isn't it? It's like he, the comedy comes from the, the honesty of it, mm. you know. And that is, you know, he's a, he's a, an amazing singer. I'd buy that album. Yeah, I'd buy his album. But he's just noting, and, and there's a scene where you think he's going to make it, and it's like in a, in and if Jim Jamusha did it, if another director yeah. did it, you know the bit, you know the scene I'm yeah, on yeah, about. Yeah, when he goes, it, it would be a happy ending, and you know, but it isn't, and it's that level of honesty which makes it more heartfelt. Yeah. And also makes it funnier. And same with that, those art installations and that botox scene and stuff like that. They're yeah. slightly heightened, mm. but they're so close to being truthful that yeah. that's where the comedy comes from, rather than this sort of obvious gag humour. Yeah. Um, that other directors, and I, and I think it's that obvious sort of. It's just, see, it feels too cheap and easy. I think mm. that's what it is. It's like you know, you know, you're not going to win me over yeah. there. Um, but um, yeah, really good film. Um, so overall, best film I think we both said inside yeah, the one and Davis. Inside Bowen Davis. I've already said my worst film. What would you say your worst film? The worst whole film. film. Will of uh, can I guess? Shield of Straw. There's quite a few films I really hate, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, there's a few. I mean, Shield of Straw, and it's probably the worst. Of the competition uh, with, but in terms of the worst on the sort, I don't. I don't know if I might have hated uh, the Muhammad Ali a little bit. Really? More. Although I don't know actually. The Muhammad Ali, at least the it was story was interesting. But at the same time, I could say Shield of Straw. Uh, 
it at least was quite entertaining because but but even then as a sort of a cheesy action thriller it was pretty dull did so you get them to those two um, fighting it out Only Lovers Left Alive is pretty poor as well but I kind of add more to it kind of almost yeah I kind of wanted I think I just wanted to like it more than actually liked it uh, but that was close uh, I mean, we really slayed into Only God Forgives the other time, but the, this style was strong enough to sort of keep yeah, you engaged in I would it. Yeah, that would be my third worst, I think. Yeah. Out of all my worst films, even though I seem to really hate it, I'd be willing to watch that again, and yeah. I would not be willing to watch Nebraska or no. Only God Was Left Alive again. Yeah, I, I, I was, yeah, I quite liked Nebraska. Well, I didn't, yeah, it was alright. I, I think I gave it three stars. That's I thought great. it was good. I thought it was good. But you'd be willing to watch that again, I thought. Yeah, I might watch it again, but I wouldn't rush out and fucking buy it. But, um, yeah. So that's it. Can. Gone. Cool. Two weeks for me. One week for you. Yeah. Back home. Yeah. Long sort journey. my life out. An epic train journey in a couple hours. In an hour. <laughs> yeah, so we set off in an hour. We get back into London at about half ten, eleven o'clock. Yeah, something like that. Brilliant. Cool, well, thanks for listening. And, uh... We'll be back to normal. We'll be back to normal podcasts eventually. <laughs> cool. Bye. <laughs>